This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Some emotional eating is totally normal. We've all been there where we were feeling sad or happy or excited or bored and we found ourselves in the kitchen. But here's the thing. If that starts to happen every day, all the time, and you're feeling more and more disconnected from your hunger and fullness levels, then the body can start to show symptoms that mm, the emotional eating isn't exactly working anymore. Emotional eating can also lead us to feel really guilty and a lot of shame and out of alignment with our body. I know that this is something that so many women struggle and something that I struggled with for years. So I've created a free checklist with five things that you can do starting right now to reduce emotional eating. The list includes practices and guidelines to help you navigate the urge to eat when you're not actually hungry. Click the link down in the show notes to get your free checklist, pop it in your kitchen or keep it on the phone and start working with your body versus fighting against it. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Today on the show, body positivity and confidence activist Ella Halikas is joining me. After losing her job as a waitress, Ella packed up and moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in modeling. Within one year, she was featured in the pages of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue and Walk in the Runway at Miami Swim Week. Ella is a force to be reckoned with and the queen of delusional confidence, manifesting her wildest dreams, and helping you boost your confidence in whatever body you have. Today, we're talking about her manifestation process, how to cultivate more self-confidence, comparison, and how she landed Sports Illustrated and a spot at the Golden Globes simply by asking. We'll also be talking about her light switch method for limiting beliefs. All right, Raw Beauty Crew, let's go. I'm here with Ella Halikas. You're just an absolute inspiration. And from the moment I saw you on Instagram, I was like, this woman has got it freaking going on and we need her juice. We need to know what is going on underneath (laughs) the surface there. I mean, you and your story, which I'm going to let you tell, Mm -hmm. is so inspiring and so cool on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And what I think is so profound about it is that it all starts with within for you and in this life that you're creating for yeah. yourself. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, Ella is a model and she's graced the pages of Sports Illustrated. So she's got it going on on the outside as well. But what I find so interesting is everything that you are manifesting in your life mm-hmm. and the work that you're doing on the inside. So thank you for being here on the Raw Beauty Talks podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is such a manifestation and oh. we've been talking for so long, so I'm so glad it all worked out and yeah. I can't wait to dive in. 
So on this episode today, we're going to talk about your relationship with food and your body. We're going to talk about delusional confidence, Mm -hmm. body shaming, manifestation, Mm -hmm. and of course, everything that's coming down the pipeline in your own life. Yes. Just to start things off, tell us a little bit about who you are, what life was like growing up, all the things. Yeah. So I am, like kind of what you said, a model, influencer, speaker. Um, I help a lot of women with their confidence and self-love journey. I wasn't always confident, though. Growing up, I did struggle a lot. Um, It wasn't until college where I kind of was just so tired of being tired and wanted to start loving myself and start living um, I went to school at the University of Hawaii, um, which was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. It was amazing. Dream. It was amazing. <laughs> yep. So I was like in a swimsuit 24-8. And um, that's kind of where I started my modeling journey. I didn't know what I was doing. It was very immature, like taking iPhone photos. And that's when my friends and people were like, you should start taking more seriously. And plus-size modeling became a thing then. Uh, long story short, I got scouted online. But simultaneously, I was auditioning for Sports Illustrated. So that's kind of where everything started to spiral in the best way. I started applying in 2018, but then about like three and a half years later, I finally got it. So I I started to audition and apply before I ever had any modeling experience. So I just like knew I had it in me. I knew I wanted to do it. It sounded so crazy. And like, that's where delusional confidence comes in. And we'll dive into that later. But I really think that was a huge part of my mindset shift and to just like chasing my dreams and unlocking that potential. And then I moved down here during COVID 2020 in May through the thick of it, not really having a plan or an idea, just knowing like I want to make shit happen and kind of just like hit the ground running. It was like crazy. Everything was locked down. My agents were like, what are you doing? Why are you moving here? Like nothing's happening. And I was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, Go home. Literally. And I was like, but watch me. Yes. Um, not with them anymore. But <laughs> have yeah. you met me? <laughs> Hello. Literally, like, hello. <laughs> She'll make sure happen regardless. Yes. Shut me down. Shut me down. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been quite the journey. I'm just like really excited and grateful. I feel like finally a lot of my hard work is um, paying off, which is really exciting. Oh, I mean, my neck has been snapping back and forth watching you at the Golden Globes, <laughs> traveling all around on these modeling contracts yeah. at every event right now, doing all of these interviews. Like you, you came and arrived in 2020. It hasn't been that long. Right. Right. A lot of people when they're building their business or their personal name, right. it's decade. And you just, as you said, like, <laughs> make shit happen. Making shit happen. Yes. I yeah. love a girl who makes shit happen. I want to dive into making shit happen and how you do that and the specifics around it. But we got to yeah. back the bus up for a second. Yeah. When you say that you haven't always felt confident and right. that when you were younger, you struggled a bit with that. Like, right. what did that look like? Was it just your posture was a little different or like what was going on? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the confidence I always like speak about is so internal and so little to do with external. So like, Mm -hmm. even though on the outside, I was more, you know, the beauty standard and I was smaller and athletic and I played sports and whatever. I wasn't happy. You know, I wasn't confident. I hated my skin. I hated my body. I hated my shape. I hated Mm -hmm. everything. And I didn't have acceptance around it. And then I, when I started like, you know, hormones and getting my period and when I started to get hips and curves, I really didn't like my body and who I was becoming, which is so sad. And it's like, I was surrounded by a lot smaller friends that were physically smaller. And so I think I just had a hard time with the adjustments of my body. So it kind of just looked like just beating myself up over it and watching everything I ate and like calorie counting and the MyFitnessPal. And I really struggled. I would like, not eat enough. And then I would just like overwork out. And then when I could eat the bad food, I would just binge on that because I felt like I didn't have access to that food. So 
it was just like this constant cycle. And I think my body just changed kind of quickly, like throughout. And I'm finding out later a lot probably had to do with PCOS that I didn't know I had. But our bodies do change and that's normal. But I think I was just like holding on to this like tiny prepubescent body that I had. I think I had a hard time with that until I went to school and I just kept like fighting and fighting it until finally I was like, what if I stop fighting it and just allow my body to be Mm. and accept my body to be at where I'm at and still nurture it, still love it, still like, you know, work out and show up for yourself and eat the right foods, but stop beating myself up over it. Mm. So that's kind of where that tired of being tired, like mentality came in and just feeling like held back, like not wanting to go on trips unless I lost weight, not wanting to get new shorts because I just know I'll fit into these shorts again. And it was just like this constant cycle. And that's not self-love, you know, that's quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. And yet so relatable. These things Mm -hmm. that you're saying about not wanting to buy the new clothes because you're going to shrink your body back to fit what it was before. in seventh grade. A lot of people say as well, like, I feel like I can't date until I've lost the weight. Or I feel like I can't ask for the promotion until I've lost weight. Like the story becomes, I can't do anything until Until I've lost this weight. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women have experienced experience disordered eating or an eating disorder at some totally, point. Totally, totally. And a lot of people talk about my fitness pal and weight watchers and this restrictive type of disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And that it's almost glamorized in a way. We can be praised for doing that type of thing in the society that we live in. Right. Whereas the other side of disordered eating, which is mm-hmm. incredible, it's actually the most common type of disordered eating mm-hmm. that isn't talked about is the binging. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what did, when you say that you struggled with binging, what did that look like for you? Was it just eating a little bit more than your body needed or or was it more than that? Yeah, I think it was just the feeling of... Like the scarcity mindset around food, like the idea that I can't have this, the mental block around it, the when will I get to eat this, you know, bad food again? Mm. And, you know, putting emphasis on foods being good and bad and like labeling that is already, I believe, harmful to begin with. It would look like in college with like my friends and like the environment that you're around and hanging around those that also fed off each other. So I had a friend in college where we would work out super hard and overwork out and wake up early and walk in the snow to the gym and work out until we were literally blue in the face. And then we would go to the cafeteria and eat like small, small little chicken breasts and rice and, you know, salad. And that was all we could eat during the week. And we would just count every calorie. But then when the weekend would come or Friday and like we would allow ourselves to eat what we wanted, it would be full-blown binge. But like in the moment, we didn't know that. We just were like, oh, it's our cheat meal, remember? Like cheat meal. So we'd go down to the store and like get like the donuts we wanted or candy that we wanted. And like even if we didn't even want it, we would still justify eating it. Yes. Like I didn't even really want that. But it was like – well, all I've had is chicken breast and like now it's Friday. So like we can have pizza and like should we get like cookies for dessert and then maybe like candy when we watch a movie and like – and then we would binge. Yeah, And we would be like feeding off of each other and we would justify that but then feel so gross, so bad about ourselves in the morning but then deprived during the week. And then it would just be this constant back and forth. That sounds so familiar. And often it would be tied to alcohol too. Like we would go out on a Friday right. night and drink. And I remember being at a club and being like, all I want to do is go to Sev, 7-Eleven, and get all the chips and stuff and like go home after this right. to eat right. all of the things. I know. So I'm also really interested about this point where you mentioned just feeling exhausted by it all. Like feeling yeah. so tired of that cycle of not feeling enough. Yeah. What – 
changed in that moment other than you just deciding I want something different? Like, were there actual practices or steps that occurred for you to start moving towards this space of confidence and self-love? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a journey. I wouldn't say it was like one moment, one shift, one day that I can recall. But I will say I I talk about it a lot and I want to like write a book on this one day, but it's like the light switch method. Mm. I believe in the power of your mind and controlling your mind and your thoughts. It's like the number one thing I think we should all focus on is our mind and our mindset Mm -hmm. because it controls everything. And I would pretend like there's quite literally a light switch in my head. And whenever I would have a negative thought or something, you know, self-doubt or look how gross I look or look how whatever I look or I hate this, I hate my arms, I hate this, I would immediately act and visualize of like a switch in my mind. And I would physically turn it off every time and turn on a switch of positivity. Mm -hmm. So like not only do you turn it off, you replace it with something good. So it was like I'd be like thinking about it and I'd be like off, stop, like because I know this thought doesn't serve me. So I would literally like pretend a light switch was off and I would turn on a switch of like I'm so grateful. Like I love my body for what it can do. I'm so strong. I am like so happy to be surrounded by X, Y, and Z. And I'm so – I love the way this suit looks on me and I love this color, whatever, on me. And I would try and immediately replace it with something good. Even in in that moment, if I didn't feel that, I believe in like if you have to fake it till you make it to get to that point of self-love, then do it. I would really, really practice the light switch method in any any way of your life, career, work, life, friends, friendship – I love this. Yeah. It feels so helpful and tangible to have that visual as well of the light switch going off and on. We've all heard about switching your thoughts or flipping your thoughts, but there's something about that visual visual. that we can all picture, even the the, little sound of a light switch moving up and down and that invitation to just – Turn off that voice. Yeah. Yeah. Not feed it. Yeah. Not feed into it because you are your thoughts. Your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts control who you are, how you view yourself. And like that goes into words, right? Like watching the words you say because your words become your reality. The thoughts are very powerful, extremely powerful. And I really struggled with anxiety a lot in high school and I didn't know how to control my thoughts. And my dad actually helped me a lot on that. And controlling those inner thoughts because I'd be like, well, is it true? And most of your anxious, you know, thoughts are so not true Mm -hmm. about yourself, but you start to believe it. So I think once you turn that, you know, negative thought off and turn a positive one on, you don't have to practice it as much. It's just habitual and it becomes easier and easier. And it's just simply the way that you think. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, 
country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash raw beauty talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Over. You mentioned that you went through a period of time where you were with other girls who had different body types because we all have different body types. Yeah. And that there was a lot of comparison there. Yeah. This is something that we've all experienced. Of yeah. Of course. It's natural. Now you're living in LA, the land of specific stereotypical mm-hmm. beauty luckily that's expanding mm-hmm. do you find that voice of comparison is still there and what do you do in those moments when you find yourself comparing honestly I haven't really talked too much about this but it was super strong that voice and that comparison feeling when I first moved here mm-hmm. it really shook me up a little like I came here not feeling the most confident but super ready super eager to hit the ground running but I wasn't where I'm at today mentally but when I moved here I was like wow wow, this is tough. Like I remember vividly talking to my roommate at the time, like this is super hard. Like Mm -hmm. everyone looks beautiful. Everyone has lip filler. Everyone has this. Everyone has like, like amazing, beautiful clothes and expensive items that like I can't afford. And like you start to compare yourself and like, I didn't like my car that I had. And I started comparing like, do I need a nicer car to live here? Like, and that's human, like to think these thoughts. And that was really challenging. I think the more I practice the self-love and every day working towards my goals and focusing on me, I stopped focusing on others. It took a while, but I think now I'm at a point where I don't compare myself as much because I'm also so content and happy with who I am. And I think confidence also comes from having a goal as well. Like outside of body and physical, it's like the mental confidence of saying you're going to do something and doing it. That alone brings you confidence. Like I now have confidence not only in, like, how I look and, like, my curves and, like, my physical appearance, but it's, like, mental. Like, I'm so confident in my mindset and my Mm -hmm. ability to make shit happen and my ability to say I'm going to do something and the discipline I stuck with it. So it's, like, focusing on other streams of confidence has overall helped me become more confident. Like, it's 90% internal and 10% external and physical. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, how are you so confident? I'm like, it's internal. I, like, became a nicer person. I became kinder to myself and others. I became a better friend. I stopped talking badly behind people's backs. Like Mm -hmm. I just became a better person. Like I really wanted to 
better myself. And within that gave me like such this like light of like confidence that had so little to do Mm. with my physical body. In Buddhism, there is this eightfold path to enlightenment. Mm -hmm. The eightfold path has kind of eight steps. And one of them is right speech and one of them is right action. And it's all about aligning the words that you're speaking and the actions that you're taking with your highest self. So some Mm -hmm. of these things you're talking about, not speaking poorly about others behind their back, showing up for yourself and the commitments that you want to make for yourself, using your voice Mm -hmm. in a positive, helpful way. All of these things really do change the way that we feel about ourselves. Totally. And confidence, which we're sold in media as it will come when you reach that goal weight. It will come when you have that outfit or when you have that bag or the car, whatever it is. Um, And you can't. It's not a destination like that. And it's so crazy because – For anyone that has tried to lose weight and has put on a goal of a goal weight and said, when I get there, I'll be happy and confident, please write us in because I'm so curious what your feedback is. You probably didn't reach that level of confidence. You might have gotten to that goal. You might have hit that number. Mm -hmm. Were you fulfilled? No. Mm -hmm. Were you confident? No. Mm -hmm. Why? We're told when you hit that number, when you get that job promotion, when you make X amount of money, you're not happier. You're not more confident. Maybe like – Short term, it feels good, but deep down, it's a band-aid that you're covering. Like that weight, that number on a scale, like what is that really covering? Mm -hmm. It's just a band-aid. So when you realize what that real self-love and self-worth, like where that's coming from and where you need to tap into that – it's all internal. So if you're just hitting something exterior, whether it's the car, the boyfriend, the relationship, whatever, you'll never fulfill that inner peace. Yeah. It becomes this goalpost that keeps moving. And mm-hmm. we've been there. Like I remember Googling what models weighed and what they were eating and getting down to this goal weight that I had and feeling truly more miserable than ever because I right. was starving. I was cold all the time. I could only think about food and my body. It still wasn't enough. Right. And then the other thing that I noticed as well is then I was scared of gaining it back. So right. you're not free at that point. Right. Then it's like, oh, right. shit, is the weight going to come back on? No, right. i got to keep maintaining this strict little rigid plan that I'm on. And then you start being over aware of what people are saying about you. So when you start losing weight, then the outside noise comes in of you look so good. You look so small. You look so skinny. Oh, my God. So whatever. People think that's a compliment, but that really messes you up Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, so was I big before? Oh, wait, you didn't think I was pretty before. Oh, wait, so now I look better like this, but little did you know I was starving myself Mm -hmm. or I was throwing up or something. And it's like, so why is that a compliment when we lose weight? You don't know where that compliment's coming from. And is that stemming towards like, okay, well, they like me then if I put on the weight and now you're like so anxious about not wanting to gain the weight back. So it's like, yeah, you're not mentally free. Like, the mental restraint that food had on me is unbelievable. Mm. It's unbelievable. Like, I actually, like, never really look back because I don't like to look back unless I see how far I've come. But I don't <laughs> – love that saying. Yes. But I don't like to look back in those dark moments because it's like, wow, like, I forgot, like, that was really dark. Like, food ran my mind. My body ran my mind. Every single day, I thought about what I was eating. If I eat this for breakfast, and I should have this for lunch, but I shouldn't have that for dinner because that was too many calories. Well, if I had this for lunch, I should work out tonight, but then tomorrow I can't work out. So then how am I going to be able to take that weight off every single day? There's no room in there for you to imagine life outside of the size of your body. You're so focused on this external yeah. shell. Yeah, yeah. 
that there's no room to dream. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's the number one reason why I'm so freaking passionate about helping women move beyond this is it's nice to heal the relationship with food. Yeah, like life totally. is easier. But what the hell is waiting on the other, other side? side? And we've got so many women, yeah. 70% of women struggle with disordered eating who right. are locked in this frame of mind that is preventing us from really showing up in the world and in our power. Right. Okay, so you decide you're done with this exhausting cycle that you're in. You mm-hmm. start using the light switch method. There's not not one method, as you said. It's a process. Right. What else helped you gain confidence? And maybe before that, what does your relationship with food look like now? Yeah, so a few things I do is, you know, daily affirmations. Even if I'm not in the mood or I don't feel that way, I'm constantly waking up with gratitude. You write it down, journal it three things that you love about yourself, love about life, love about where you're at. And it's okay if you're not happy where you're at and you want to improve. You don't love your job that you're at right now. But to come from a point of gratitude is everything. Even if you did want to lose weight, I know it's very controversial around the body positivity community, but if you wanted to lose weight for health purposes because you want to feel better or lighter in your jeans, I'm not going to say that's wrong. But if you come at a point of wanting to lose weight and get smaller because society tells you you'll be more beautiful and you believe that being smaller is better and you believe that that's what you have to do and you come from a point of hating your body and punishing your body rather than a point of I love my body and I want to take care of my body and do what's best for my body, that's the difference. So if you come from a point of I might not be happy where I'm at right now, but I love my body and everything it can do for me, so I want to do X, Y, and Z to help it, that's great, amazing, more power to you. Mm. But just come from a point of love, come from a point of gratitude. I talk about it a lot, but just like your environment is everything. Where are you going to be in the point where your headspace is clear? Who are you going to be surrounded by where you feel mental freedom, where you feel ease, where you feel peace, where you can focus on you? Mm. Like picture that place, picture that person, picture that feeling. And surround yourself like that every single day because you need to have a clear conscious, a clear thought pattern. You need to be able to move and operate in a way that feels right. If you're living at home and it's hard because it's so expensive to live right now and then people need to live at home with their parents or whatever to save money. And I had to do that, but it was so negative for me and it was so hard for me. And I wasn't able to think big or dream big for myself because I was constricted in this mindset around people that didn't fulfill me and make me feel good. And when I broke free from that is when everything kind of unlocked. Mm. And it's scary and you have to take a huge risk. You know, I've had to cut people out. I've had to cut some family members out and build boundaries around my body. Cutting out friends that are competitive with you and, like, you know, don't make you feel good. Where do you feel the best when you leave an encounter with someone? Did that friend make you feel good and fill your cup up? Or do they make you feel drained and make you actually not love yourself? Mm. You know, how are they speaking about themselves in front of you? Because all of those comments start to internalize with you. So what happens when you're with a group of girls and they start talking about, you know, oh, I feel so fat and this, right. or I'm on this, I'm, I'm going right. to do this plan, I need to shred, and their body looks different than you. Yeah, and they're like then, half your size maybe even. Yes. And then you're like, oh, so you think you're so fat and ugly. Yes. What do you think about me? Yes. And I've heard people, like literally I've been sitting at a restaurant recently and I heard a whole group of people talking about it and I'm like, oh my God, like you guys are – nonstop talked about their bodies, nonstop. I like, I need to be a size. Like I went to the gym and I weigh 125. I'm trying to get back down to 115 again. And I was just like, 
what is going on in society? Like, this is crazy. Like, they were just so fixated on weight and numbers and then talking about other girls in the restaurants and their bodies. And it made me sad, honestly, for society and younger girls, especially being on social media and the comparison and TikTok and it's hard. And that's why I need to remind myself to use your voice. Like our voice matters. Your voice matters. And I was just thinking that I'm so grateful that you're on there and you can make tutorials and and make videos and use your voice in that way. But you just being is changing the world, literally changing the world. And I have a little six-year-old and Mm -hmm. I show her your videos and it's not, it's not about your body. It's about you just being you in the world and going after creating your dreams and showing up. And she was like, I love her dress. She looks like a princess. And it's just, it's, it makes me get emotional because I needed you when I was little. And so thank you. It does matter. (laughs) No, it does matter. I'm going to get emotional too (laughs) because it's so true. And I think that you have to be who you needed when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard because like the younger girls, I mean, I'll never forget. I was babysitting this girl who was like nine years old at home before I moved to LA. And she like was anorexic at nine years old. And her mom was like, I don't think she's eating. Can you help her eat? But then I saw the mom, the way she talked about her body. And the mom was constantly like, diet plan this and doctors this and we need to lose weight and I need to work out for three times a day. And this poor little thing was nine years old and like 60 pounds and kept saying how fat she was. And it like broke my heart. So it's like to hear that you're showing your daughter that is like so important. And I hope more moms do show their daughters and kids and cousins and aunts and even like older people too. And like moms that are like 45 and 50 that message me saying I'm helping them. Like you're never too old, never too young. Like we all need to be instilled that confidence. Mm -hmm. Seeing you and – just knowing that you have knocked out that ceiling for so many girls who have a dream of whatever it is. Yeah, it's just so powerful. Thank you. And it's not easy. I think we can all remember those times too. And if you're listening and, you know, if you're going through that dark period now or you've overcome a dark period, we can all relate to like looking back at the photos and the dream body that you want and the Pinterest of the workouts that I would have saved on my screensaver Mm -hmm. of like a six pack that like I would never have nor would I even want. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just had it as my vision board. And like every day on my screensaver, I would like, it would literally be like 50 crunches, 50 this, 60 Mm pushups, whatever. And it was, it was my screensaver Mm -hmm. of a six pack. Like what? Like on the fridge. Yeah. Like in ninth grade. Yeah. It's like so crazy to think about, but that's what we're told is beautiful. And that's what we're told is like what we need to strive as women to be. So I think breaking through those barriers and breaking through those ceilings and having these conversations and having the body positivity community do all the work that they've been doing, like it really is like changing the world mm-hmm. and changing a lot of women's lives, mm-hmm. you know? When so you crazy. go out for lunch with friends, what do you like to talk about now? So great you asked that because I started to realize that I don't talk about like bodies anymore, Mm -hmm. which is so wild because I used to. Mm -hmm. And it's so freeing to feel that. I talk about like exciting things I'm up to. What are you up to? How's your family? Like, who are you hanging out with these days? Like, how are your friends from home? Like, the thought of your body and how you look simply does not come up around any of my best friends anymore. And if you do, like, I just probably won't hang out with you. Mm -hmm. 
unless it's in a positive manner and like we should do a workout class or like a Pilates class. Like, I've been really loving that. Like you should come with me to the studio. Great. Mm. Sure. No problem. Like let's do that and like get our nails and duh. But when you start to be like, oh my God, I'm so fat. Oh my God. Like I need to get this gym membership. Like I need to work out. Like I need to be down to this goal weight like this year. Like it's just so old and so toxic and it's low vibrational. And I like simply can't lower that. Like I feel like I'm running and operating at such a high vibration right now and just like life and confidence and like my dreams that like I can't go here. Mm -hmm. So to talk about exterior, to talk about body, to talk about weight, like I physically can't do it. Yeah. Like I can't. Like it actually doesn't feel like right. Light switch off. <laughs> Light switch quite literally <laughs> off. Yes. So I talk about everything else. You that. just hosted, I think you said like 400 plus women, 500 women in a vision boarding session process. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that and what your process is around manifesting because you are, you've manifested so much. Thank you. I did a fun session with my community and I want to do more. I just love to visualize what I want because when you wake up and you see it and you talk about it, you feel it, you witness it, you visualize it, it will happen. It's just a matter of time. You just have to see it. And I think vision boards are so powerful to wake up and look at it, right? Like put it next to your bed, put it by your desk, you know, wake up and see it. Big thing for me is to simply like close your eyes and really visualize the person that you want to be and who you want to become. What does that person look like? What is she wearing? Where is she living? Who is she surrounded by? Like, what are the scents? Like, what do you smell? Like, what can you feel? Like, who are you around? What is your view? What are you looking at when you're in this element and you're in this new you? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like standing right there in front of you and everyone at home can practice closing their eyes and doing that. And just wanting to reach out and grab that person and just seeing them. And that's what wakes me up every day. And that's what gets me motivated is like seeing the better, amazing, elevated, best version of myself standing in front of me. And like, how can I get to those baby steps to get to her? And that's kind of how I visualize. And whatever those steps are and whatever those goals are, I'll put it on a board or you can put it on, you know, Canva or Pinterest or whatever and do it on your screensaver. But just really, really visualize, journal about it, talk about it, you know, and then take those action steps every day, those baby steps every day to get from A to Z. You got to go B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z. So with the Sports Illustrated one, because this is a big one, this is like the Victoria's Secret fashion show for me when I was younger. And right. like, yeah. it's freaking massive. Yeah. You're not just going to college in Hawaii and you're like, I want to be in Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Right. So talk to me about that vision, that process. And then I'm curious, like when you were there, were you like, pinch me, what is happening? Or were you like, this is where I'm supposed to be? A little bit of both, for yeah. sure, because it was such a starstruck kind of feeling, but also, like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It was a long, long journey, three and a half years. Tried out 2018 after I got fired from a restaurant job serving in Hawaii because I was late. And I was like, I will come back in here as a Sports Illustrated model. And they were like, oh, okay. I was like, okay. And then I did. Tried out. Didn't get it, of course. It was like my friend filming on an old camera. I was, like, shaky. I had never had modeling experience. It was a horrible video. And then – 2019 came and I was like, I'm ready to take it more seriously. I had a video editor, a videographer, got like a cute suit, mm. filmed up the beautiful beaches in Hawaii. 
Had about five months experience modeling for like smaller swimsuit brands. Really felt like my message was good though. And in that saying, I'll never forget. I was like, never give up on your dreams, no matter how many no's you get along the way. And I said that in my little message and it was a minute long. And I remember sitting at one of my favorite restaurants in Hawaii for breakfast with one of my friends and I get a notification. I had maybe 4,000 followers on Instagram, 3,000. And I got a notification and it was like Sports Illustrated posted you on their Instagram. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I like run out the restaurant. I'm like crying. Like the servers are like, what's going on? Because like we go every Sunday. So they're like, what's going on with her? My friend's like, Ella, are you okay? And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like shaking, shaking, shaking. And they posted my video of my audition. Wow. And it was like. At El Halika's submission tape, and then in quotes it said, never give up on your dreams, no matter how many no's you get along the way, with fire emojis. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Literally, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, did I get it? Did I get it? Oh, my God. And I called my family. I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God. This is crazy. I thought I had gotten it. We had waited, I think, a few months for them to announce the finalists that year, and I didn't get it. And I was so upset because I was like – I felt mm-hmm. it. I was right there. It was my second year trying out. Why didn't I get it? I was like pretty upset about it. But they opened up last minute with two days notice, like 48 hours of an open casting call in Miami during swim week. I had maybe like $1,000 to my name. And I was like working at a restaurant, going to school. And I remember being like, I need to go. Mm -hmm. And I told my restaurant manager and I was like, I'm taking work off next week. I need to go to Miami and chase my dreams. Like I have to go apply. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget Wade, the manager, and he was like, go for Ella. Like, you got this. Like, go for it. Packed my bags with one-day notice, flew there, flew out. My cousin, me and my cousin went together. It was the best trip of my entire life. I never will forget. And I waited in line at 4 a.m. It was the big day. It was pouring rain at like 5 a.m. on us, and we were waiting outside. And I'm like shaking. I'm freaking out. What am I going to say? And, you know, we're all holding jugs of water and snacks because we didn't eat for hours. By the time we got in and I saw them was about like maybe five, six hours later. And I waited in line and my my interview was one minute long with a phone facing up with a timer on. And you have one minute to sell yourself. And I had never done something like this. I was so nervous. I was shaking. And mind you, I didn't really have like a lot of money. Like my outfit wasn't cute. Like I didn't look good. My hair wasn't done. Like I didn't have that. Like I just was in a very different point in my life. But and I didn't have an agency. I didn't have an agent. So like I didn't have a nice comp card. So I had to go online at like a FedEx and print like a really cheap looking just like comp card of like my photo with my name and my measurements. Like I went and I was such a newbie and I'm sitting there and I'm freaking out. I'm like, hi. And she's like, so why, you know, why should we pick you? Why do you want Sports Illustrated? And I was like, hi, like I just, you know, I love my body and I believe that everybody's beautiful. And I was really nervous and kind of rambling and I didn't really have my message down. But I was just like, I want this so bad and I want everyone to know how beautiful you can be. And I love the body positivity community and Ashley Graham is my role model. It was kind of like sporadic and the buzzer went up and she was just like, okay, it was so great to meet you. Next. And I was like, okay. I like went back to the hotel room and I was like, I don't know if I did that well, but I did what I could do and that's all that I can do. You spoke your truth. I spoke my truth and I, I'm learning along the way and I just did what I could and we'll see what happens. Later that night, we waited all night for an email and I didn't get it. So I did not get it the second year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure that was the moment nope. they, they were going to send the email. I know. So I was pretty crushed. So then I <sighs> moved home. Been, all been there. Yep. And I just was like, at this point, almost anyone would have been like, F this. Like, I'm done. Right? Like, I've done everything I could. Like, mm-hmm. I did what I had They've to do. They posted me on their on their social. Right. They I know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So most people would have given up. And that's why I believe in, like, not giving up, no matter how many no's you get. Because long story short – 
I move home, pandemic hits, I'm miserable living at home, pack up my bag, tell my parents a week before, drive down to LA. No job, no experience, nothing lined up. But I was like, I will make shit happen. I was like, this is the year I'm going to get Sports Illustrated. This is my third year. And people are like, you're going to try it again? And I was like, fuck yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. And this is like publicly posting and then publicly not getting it. So this is scary to post this. Oh, this isn't just your bestie that you're sharing this. This No, it's every video. Oh, yeah. Online to all my like high school friends, my college friends. Like I didn't even have a following then. Like this was simply like my hometown was watching this. Like what is Ella doing? That's hard to do that. It's so scary. It's so scary. But like I said, I visualized it. I saw the photo of my SI image before I even saw the photo. Mm. And I tried out. I then had, you know, a little bit more money. I was like, I'm going to really like va- like revamp. I'm going to hire a makeup artist. I'm going to hire hair. I'm going to hire an editor. Like, we're fucking doing this. You and stepped into the role. I stepped into the role. in yourself. Yep. So that's what I did. In August, I made another video for my third time. And I was like, third time's a charm. Let's go. I make the video. After posting it, it kind of did pretty well. You know, a lot of engagement, a lot of like, you got this encouragement. I saw like the editors saw it. A few of the old models had liked it. I was like, okay, they noticed me. They know who I am. Like I'm now like making a name. Like I'm now like, you know, getting some traction. I had booked a JCPenney commercial and a Snapchat commercial within a few months of moving to LA too. So like I was building momentum around my name. Mm. Very, very new to the industry though. I didn't hear anything for about three months, every day checking, every day waiting, checking my DMs, checking my emails, nothing. All of us girls that applied in a group text, texting each other, like, did we get it? Did we get it? And no one had heard anything. We are on the edge of our fucking seats. Oh, the anticipation. I think it was like in December or something of 2020, we get an email or a DM and it was like, hi, Ella. It was from Sports Illustrated. I about fucking lost it. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Sports Illustrated DM, like screaming. And they were like, we would love to have a callback casting with you. Mm. I'm like freaking out. I'm crying. I got a callback. I got a callback. Like this is massive. In January, we get on the call. I'm freaking out. I think I did well. I was so nervous. It was my first time seeing the SI models like Jasmine Sanders, Golden Barbie was on it. The editor was on it. And all these other editors. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like literally like shaking on the call. I'm like, hi, my name is Ella. This is what I stand for. This is what I'm doing. You know, I do modeling and influencing, you know, here new to L.A. um, And I wanted X, Y, and Z. And this is my message. And I put it all out there. And I felt a little bit confident, but also really scared. So I don't hear anything for about like a month or two after, like crickets again. Yep, crickets. And we're like, oh, my God. God, when are they going to announce? About a few months later, I get another DM. We'd love to have another callback casting with you. Here's your email, whatever. I had a flight back to Hawaii to visit my college friends, had to cancel my flight last minute, move my flight time, book the next day for this callback casting because like this is huge. Now this is a second callback with them. This is looking pretty good. We open up our computers. It's like 15 girls. I'm looking at it. It's MJ and all the editors. We get on the call. I'm like, already? Like, okay, let's go. MJ literally starts the call with, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. So last minute, I just want to start out by saying you're looking at the top 15 finalists of Sports Illustrated 2021. Oh, my God. And we all just started crying and like chills and crying, screaming from the top of my lungs like I fucking did it. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps for that moment. Yeah. For you. And okay, here's my question. Yeah. We're talking, you and I, about how appearance, like it's not about that. It's right. not about the body. But right. here you are getting this massive role that is so body focused. Mm-hmm. So there's a juxtaposition here. There's like some conflict because it's like you are 
now going to be photographed for your body in this bathing suit and you've been working for this moment. But what did that moment really mean for you? Is it like you are a top 15 most beautiful women in the world? No. That's what's so crazy is it actually is not about body. Like Sports Illustrated, like they have rebranded the entire company. Like it has very little to do with measurements. They don't even ask your measurements. Like it's not a normal modeling job. Mm -hmm. They've done such a great way where they take the most powerful voices, I would argue. Of course, it helps if you you are beautiful. It does help if you have, you know, whatever you believe beautiful to be. You know, it does help to have that. But it wasn't like we're booking Ella because she's a size 14 and curvy. It was like, we stand for her, her message. And I can't speak for them why they chose me. But like, I know for a fact, it doesn't, it's not because I'm the most beautiful physically looking. Like, I know there's much more beautiful people than me and much more skinnier or thicker or whatever there always will be. But in this moment, it was like, I made it because of my message, my voice, and my mission. Mm. And it helps that I feel confident and beautiful in a swimsuit, you know? And so it meant so much to me. But having Ashley Graham as my role model, too, is the craziest story, was when I went to my shoot date, I stayed up the entire night before in my hotel room until, like, 3 a.m. watching videos of Ashley Graham model and looking up on YouTube, Ashley Graham Sports Illustrated cover shoot and watching the the behind-the-scenes of her shooting to get inspiration for her posing. Yes. We had never talked at this point. I had literally DM'd her at least 30 times in my life at this point by then. I literally got to the set in the morning at 9 a.m. And I'm about to walk on set for the biggest shoot of my entire life after three and a half years of trying to get this. And I DM her. And I just wanted to let her know, thank you, because she is the reason why I'm there today. She paved the way for us. And I DM'd her on Instagram. I'll never forget. And I said, hi, Ashley. It's Ella. I just want to say I got Sports Illustrated. I am now stepping on set to shoot for the SI 2021 magazine. I want to say thank you so much. I stayed up all night watching your videos. You're a huge inspiration for me. You guys, five minutes before I walked out, (laughs) she sent me a voice message on Instagram. And I'm literally going to cry. And she literally was like, hi, Ella. I'm so proud of you. Like, you're always going to remember this moment. This moment is so huge. Soak in every moment and every feeling. Like, you deserve to be there. And I just like will always remember that message because I just want to be that person and I am now that person for so many other girls. Mm -hmm. And when I message people these things, they're like, you are my Ashley Graham. I'll never forget. And I remember telling MJ like, look at what Ashley just sent me in his voice message. And she got teary eyed and literally cried and we like held hands. And she was like, this is so powerful, Ella. Like this Mm -hmm. is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was like the most like confident boost I ever needed to walk on like the biggest shoot of my life. And I just like will never forget that message. And it wasn't a text. It was literally a voice message. Like to hear your role model's voice give you words of encouragement. Like it was something that like is priceless and I like will never forget that. Mm, So I love to share that. It's massive. It's massive. It's like magical. It's fucking real. I think one thing you said that's so cool is that you studied what she was doing. I know we talk about this in business a lot, like finding a mentor and kind of learning from them. But we need to do it more in life. Like find your role models, find your people who make you feel like you can do anything or who are doing what you desire in your life and then study, get around them, hear their voice. Like we have so much access to people right? through social media. And podcasts too. Like you even being like, I want you on here to like tell people like, what's your juice? Like, what's your secret? It's like, how do you manifest this? Like, I was like, wait, I love that. Like, let's like study that. Let's look inside of that, you know? Yes. So I think it's really cool to be able to, you know, have your idols, have your people that you look up to. 
and follow their footsteps, see what they're doing. You know, you don't have to copy, but like see the way, like see the pa- like path that they're creating and embody that and, you know, learn from people mm-hmm. that have done what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You will naturally put your own spin on it because you totally. are you and you're unique, but you can learn. You can learn so, so much. much. So you don't much. have to figure it out all on your own. Yeah. Okay, so touching on confidence, a couple weeks ago asked our Raw Beauty crew what they wanted support with the most, and it was body confidence. And so I'm curious if you have any tips, practices around feeling confident in your body. Yeah, I mean, kind of what we said earlier too a lot is the mindset part, and I think hanging around those that make you feel good about yourself – so mindset, hanging out with people who make you feel good about yourself, yeah. setting those boundaries. Yeah, setting boundaries yeah. with loved ones and family or anyone yeah. that doesn't make you feel good. What about dressing? Because this is a really sticky point for a lot of people. Like they're going into their closet and they're like, oh my God, I can't fit into I, things. And Like being okay with shopping for new pieces that like maybe if like if you grew in size, which is normal, our bodies change, like allow yourself to shop your size. Mm-hmm. Like stop holding on to the like pile of jeans in the corner of your closet that everyone thinks that they're going to fit into one day. Mm-hmm. Like, and then if you are going to fit into that again, I'm sure you can go out and buy another pair of jeans later if you really are going to fit into that one day. But like you don't need to hold it and like dangle it over your head every day that like these are what I want to fit into. Wearing just like what makes you feel good and confident. That's different for me. That's different for you. That's different than you guys. Like whatever makes you feel good wearing it, wear that. Don't question it. Is it in? Is it not? Is it trendy? Is it not? Like wear what makes you feel good. I love like low impact workouts just to like feel good. Like I love going on long walks, like going to get coffee, going on a walk, calling a friend, like, you know, listen to your favorite podcast or your favorite music and like go for a walk. Doing stuff that feels good. So whatever workout that looks like for you, is it a Pilates class? Is it not? That will give you confidence because you're doing something that feels good. You're doing something that you love. You'll feel better afterwards. You'll feel accomplished afterwards. And I think that's what I like to do. And that gives me confidence in my body. Shopping around, you know, trying out different outfits, different looks. Maybe maybe you wear a pair of pants that you never would really wear. But then, you know, rip the bandit off. So trying it out, right? Like taking the risk, mixing it up. Also, just giving yourself grace, like let yourself eat things that you want to eat, but also like tap into the intuitive eating, doing what feels right, what feels good, the balance, like moderation is everything. Like it's okay to have this and it's okay to have that. Like it's just okay. Like don't put so much like constraint on it. And affirmations, waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, telling yourself how beautiful you look, how powerful you are. Rather than my arms look big or small, just say, my arms are strong. Instead of my legs look big or small, just like, my legs are so strong. I'm so grateful for all that my legs and my body can do. And I'm so grateful that I'm alive and I'm breathing and I get to live this life. Like, why are we so focused on a size? Like, our bodies do so much more. Our hearts are pumping as we speak for us to be able to sit here and talk about our bodies. Like, Our bodies, our organs, like they're doing so much more as we are speaking than it is just looking. You were just at the Golden Globes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you're not in a TV show. No. So you got yourself there somehow. Manifested it. Delusional confidence. Manifested. Simply asking for what you want in life and receiving. Mm Mm-hmm. It was truly crazy. Long story short, I went to the carpet rollout the day before. It was amazing. Did some content with the um, host of the show. 
The Golden Globes followed me on Instagram and CBS TV followed me. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Okay. Friday comes around. I'm like running around in meetings and I'm sitting there at a coffee shop. And I was like, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. Just ask for what you want. And I remember at the carpet rollout, I asked my friend at Dick Clark Productions and I said, how many creators or influencers are coming? And she's like, oh, we only get seven slots. It's like so small. And I was like, oh, bummer. And I was like, well, like who's going? And she named people that had over 10 million followers, like huge. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a big creator list. And I was like, well, one day I hope to come. Maybe next year. And she's like, yeah, like hit me up. You know who to call. And I was like, oh, for sure. Next year, like in my head, I'm like, I'm manifesting. I'm coming next year. You guys, the day later on Friday, (laughs) I text her and I go, you have nothing to lose. Just ask. I text her and I go, hey, girl, so good seeing you yesterday. Like, I just have to ask, though, because it doesn't hurt to ask and you never know. If by any chance any other creator cancels or can't show up for any reason and a spot opens up, is there any way that I can go to the Golden Globes on Sunday? And you can totally say no. It sounds so crazy. Ha, 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 ha. Like, let me know. And you can say F off. This was on Friday. The Golden Globes was in 48 hours. She responded immediately and said, yes, you can come. I'll email you the details now. (laughs) I was like, what? Did you just say in all caps, you're kidding, you're kidding, you're kidding. Call me, please call me. She's like, my phone's about to die. Yes, you're good. Email you the details now. And within minutes, I had attendance to Golden Globes approved Ella Halikas. Oh, my God. No, you guys, it's truly insane. You are like a manifesting magnet. Grab the stars. What's next? What's your next star? Where are we? Where? What are we grabbing? <sighs> We're grabbing everything. <laughs> I want to be on a TV show. I want to be on a talk show. I want to have my own brand, my own clothing line, my own podcast. Like literally, I want it all. I see it all. For I you. want it's it all. Crystal clear. It's coming. It's on the way. Thank- oh, I'm so excited for all of this, and thank I really, you. truly can't thank you enough for just being you and for coming here and sharing everything that's been working for you. I know that it's going to help so many people. Thank you so much. And in whatever way I can support or that we can support, let us know. Where can people find you? You can find me at Ella Halikas at Instagram and TikTok, and just stay tuned for all the adventures this year. Oh, can't wait. Thanks, girl. Thank you so much for having me. And before we sign off today, if you loved this episode or if you found it helpful, please take a moment to share it with somebody that you care about. You never know how much a simple podcast can start to change the way that somebody feels. And before you sign off, don't forget to grab my free checklist with five things that you can do starting right now to reduce emotional eating and get back on the same team with your beautiful body. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. 
Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.